Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Small Biz Ahead. This is John Adaconis, joined by Gene Marks, and we're here to talk a little bit more about some COVID relief funding that just became available um, tied to this most recent legislation. Gene, how's it going today? It is going okay. Hey, John, before I let you go, come on, g- give me a, a TV show to watch on Netflix. I'll start you out with one. I'll just uh, you, so you know whatever whatever that is worth. So um, we just finished watching the final season of The Crown, which was awesome, and I completely uh, you know, do not even want to get into the argument of people saying it was too fictionalized or not, or too true or not. It is a fictional tale of the royal family, but it's so artfully done. The writing is great. The acting is great. Highly recommend that you watch. Uh, you watch The Crown. It is a it is an excellent series. That's my recommendation. What about you? Yeah, you're the third person who's brought that up in the past couple of weeks. I got to make some time for it this holiday for sure. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I actually just started watching, and I'm I'm super late to the party, so I can see the eye rolls happening now from our listeners. <laughs> but Ink Master, it's a tattoo like reality competition show, huh. and the first two seasons just got released on Netflix, and then I realized the rest are on Amazon Prime Video. So I've been like in this, you know, rabbit hole of um, watching tattoo artists try to be crowned as the next ink master. And I'm oddly fascinated by it. Awesome. Okay, cool. I will definitely check it out. Yeah, it's um, it's hosted by some of the folks from Miami Inc. back in the days. And then Dave Navarro is actually their their host slash third judge. Wow, that's very cool. So if you're a, my my uh, my daughter yeah, just ninety rock nostalgia. My daughter just got her first tattoo, which looks absolutely awful. Like on the underside of her arm, it's a it's a it's a yak, believe it or not. And I just I'm like blown away that she did this. So, <laughs> so I, again, is she is she like a hunter? No, she's a vet student. So and she loves she loves yaks. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. You're gonna have to. We'll have okay. to get her on the show one day, and she can explain it because I can't even figure it out. Yeah, I have not thought of the yak animal since I think I was in middle school. And I'm not even sure why I would have then, but um, that is an interesting tattoo for sure. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. Yeah, we're going to have to follow up on that in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess kind of getting into it. So, you know, if. Your listener, you might have heard, or maybe next in your rotation is is an update kind of on all things that changed with the, the recent PPP updates. But, you know, additionally, there's a lot of other resources that just became available for small business owners. Um, so when we think about things like other SBA loans, some tax credit, some other things you need to know kind of tied to this relief package, um, it felt like a different episode. So we're bringing you a different episode. So I think we can jump right into it. And Gene, you know, maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the SBA loans that became more attractive for folks this year. Yeah, this one's near and dear to my heart. And it's near, you know, I just, John, this week interviewed um, Senator Chris Coons um, from Delaware because he was very instrumental in writing this portion of the relief bill. Um, So he's all jazzed up about it. And so am I. So let me explain this to you guys, okay? If you have an existing SBA loan, Small Business Administration, loan, a section 7A or 504 micro loan. If you already have that in existence, guess what? Thanks to this new bill, you can get three months of that loan automatically forgiven, both principal and interest up to $9,000 per month. So depending on the size of your loan, you can immediately save $27,000 on that loan. And if you are in an especially hard hit industry like you're in food service and accommodation, if you're in the arts industry or entertainment or recreation, 
you can get an additional five months of your existing loan completely forgiven, John. I mean, this is like principal and interest. You don't have to pay it with a total of eight months. You don't have to think about that at $9,000 a month. If you've got an SBA loan, you could save, you could save $72,000 on that loan. You wouldn't even have to pay. So for people that have existing 7A or 504 microloans, please, please, please talk to your SBA banker soon, like now, and make sure that they are aware of this and that they accommodate that forgiveness. That's if you have an existing loan. Now, if you get a new loan, a 7A or a 504 microloan, and by the way, if you get these loans, they're guaranteed by the government. The banks are encouraged to give them out. You can use them for working capital. You can use them for uh, to buy another business. You can use it for inventory, for equipment. If you get a new loan approved before September 20th of 2021, your first six months of principal and interest will be forgiven. That's up to $9,000 a month as well. So I just wanted to make it clear, you know, now if, if, if you've already got an existing SBA loan, it, it's, it, that's a great benefit. But man, now is there has never been a better time to go and get an SBA loan to grow your business in the, in the aftermath of COVID because the government is giving you this like free money um, as part of the loan. And you don't even have to be affected by COVID. You get, any business is eligible up to 500 employees. So go, go, go to an SBA banker and ask them more about these SBA loans, Section 7A or 504 microloans. I hope I, I hope I explained that accurately enough, John. Yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. So I feel like that's a, a good opportunity, too, for folks who, you know, maybe weren't necessarily impacted by COVID to the extreme where they feel like they were on the verge of shuttering. But, you know, I think about what's the world going to look like after. Um, yes. And if you need a little help kind of setting up your business for that. So, you know, is it something where you can think about like a walk up window if you're on a main street for pickup? Is it something where you can think a little bit about like a new access store or even a patio for a restaurant, because I don't think outdoor dining is going to reduce anytime soon. Um, this feels like a really good way to try and kind of get a leg up on that type of, um, you know, that type of work. You know, you bring up a really good point as well, is that the, um, you know, there's so many restaurants that are building, you know, like outdoor facilities, which I think are going to continue for a long time. Um, and, you know, I'm like, as I'm walking by them, I'm like, geez, that, that can't be cheap. I mean, these people are putting in like duck work, you know, and, you know, building out you right. know, whatever. And I think to myself, like, God, I mean, if it's not tough enough already for restaurants, now they got to go to this expense. But I got news for you. I mean, if you're thinking of doing that and, you know, you could get one of these loans, a 7A loan um, or a micro loan, and you would have, you know, your, your first six months of that loan, the principal and interest, you're completely forgiven. So it makes it so much cheaper for you to do. So, you know, these loans are not for survival. They're for growth. I mean, you got to be thinking post-COVID. And, you know, the bottom line is, John, is that there, there are many businesses in this country that are struggling. We know all about that because, you know, the restaurants or retailers, people in certain industries. But, you know, John, you and I both know there are a lot of other businesses that have been doing fine. Um, they've navigated their way around COVID and they're looking to the future post-COVID and they want to grow and they see opportunities. And this is a great way to get financing for some of those opportunities. Awesome. No, for sure. That's that's great to to share. And hopefully, you know, some folks can take advantage of it. You know, in addition, it seems like, you know, people who are able to to retain some employees kind of over the past couple months and into next year, they have a, a new and enhanced tax credit. Yeah. So here's where we, leave, where we lose half of our audience because we're now going to talk about taxes. 
Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to couch this in a different terms saying, guys, listen to me. Okay. Forget, put out the word tax credit and instead replace it with the words money in the bank. Okay. Because there's a credit that's available to you now that's been available, but it's now been expanded. And if you take advantage of this credit, it's a refundable credit. You can get money back from the government that you put in the bank. Okay. And here's the way this credit is. It's based on your employees. So if you've been impacted by COVID, which means that you've got your, your revenues have gone down 20% year over year. That's the definition of being impacted. 20% for this rule. If that's the case, then listen, every quarter now going forward, uh, you can, you can take your, any employee's wages up to $10,000 you can take up to a 70% credit on those wages, a $7,000 credit per employee against your social security taxes. So for example, if you've got 10 employees and they're all making more than $10,000 a quarter, you can take, it's a $70,000 credit and whatever you paid in social security taxes this quarter, if it's less than 70,000, the difference is money back to you in the bank. So you can you don't have to apply for this, you just do it on your next quarterly tax return. So talk to your accountant, please, and, and ask them about the employee retention tax credit. You can go back in time and claim it, or you can do it going forward through July 1st. And again, you know, whatever credit amounts you get, it gets applied against your employer FICA, the social security taxes you're paying in. And if the credit is in excess of what the employer taxes are, you get the cash. So take advantage of that right now because it could be money in the bank. Awesome. And I know you talked a little bit about kind of the change, but if you're a business who opened in 2020 or who maybe don't have a year over year change to show, it, are you still eligible for this credit? So unfortunately, it's there, there were, well, before this, Anybody who was not in existence for all or part of you know, 2019 um, were, were not allowed to participate. Now you can. So if, if you at least started your business in 2019, you will be eligible to take, you know, to take part of this. And before that wasn't the case. It also, by the way, it, you know, it expanded this to all organizations. It, it can include your health plan expenses. That's considered to be compensation, even if you didn't pay any you know, compensation to the employees. And by the way, um, a big deal about this, you can take advantage of this credit even if you participate in the Paycheck Protection Program. It's just that you can't use the same wages for both. So if you use some wages for forgiveness, whatever wages you didn't use for forgiveness, you could use for this employee retention tax credit. So that's another thing to keep in mind. So it's really been expanded to allow employers to get more options and get more, you know, potential more money back. Great. And then... You know, I think let's let's keep talking about money. So if you're a nonprofit, you're allowed to make more money now too. Yes, that is correct. So I mean, even as a as a nonprofit organization, um, it's not even about like making more money. It's just that you are now included in all these provisions. You're clearly included in. We talked in the last you know in the last podcast about PPP, but you're also able to take advantage of you know of you know of the you know, these tax credits. One other thing about nonprofits, while we're talking about nonprofits, is um, they expanded the tax deduction for nonprofits in 2021, which basically means that individuals that um, want to give money to charities 
You can now give up to 600 bucks if you're married filing jointly or $300 individually and take a tax deduction for that. Even if you're taking the standard deduction, you can get an additional deduction for these contributions. And I say this so that if you're an individual listening to this in 2021, take advantage of that extra deduction, give it to a charity. And if you're involved in a nonprofit, man, that should be like your headline of your, your, your charitable campaigns during 2021, reminding everybody that they get this extra special tax deduction in 2021 for giving money to your, cha- to your charity. So take advantage of that so you can bring more money and hopefully more donations. Yeah, no, it feels like, you know, because there were a lot of questions, I feel like even just in the initial PPP and some of those, you know, subsequent decisions that have been made. And I feel like a lot of the 501c3 organizations specifically haven't really known where they fit in, right? So if you're a community gallery or kind of an art center or maybe um, like an education resource, you know, organization, it just seems like a lot of folks have been kind of in that ether of between like, what do we do and, and how do we help people or bring bring you the service that makes us a nonprofit when the world has changed so much? So, so good to know we can do a little bit more to support them. All right. And social security. So there's there's some stuff going on with deferring social security taxes. Yeah. Now, this has always been around. But again, this is for an employer as well. So if you're running a small business, um, you know, the government is offering you a a interest free loan uh, through 2022. And it relates to your social security, your employer portion of social security taxes. If you decide not to pay them at all. So you're not dealing with this tax credit thing. If you are all, if if any employer who wants to, whether you've been affected by COVID or not, if you don't want to pay your your employer Social Security or FICA taxes this year, you don't have to. In fact, you don't have to pay them at all through March 2021. You can defer them. You will have to pay them eventually, but you can defer them. 50% will be then owed before the end of 2021, and the other 50% owed by the end of 2022. So what that means that is that if you if you owe I don't know say fifty thousand dollars in 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 FICA taxes employer share of FICA taxes you're like you know what I'm going to keep the money in the bank um, maybe I'll use it maybe I won't but I'm not going to pay it to the government I'm going to keep it and and I only have to pay twenty five thousand of it back by the end of the year and twenty five thousand by the end of twenty twenty two and the government's not going to charge me any interest excuse me or penalties for doing that. Um, it's an interest-free loan that you're getting from the government. Just be aware that if you decide to take advantage of this, you don't have to apply. You could just do it, but um, you're going to have to pay it eventually. So it's not like you don't have to, it's not a grant or anything. Um, it's a loan without interest. Right. So this is probably more one of those things, like if you can, you know, maybe just kind of keep it going normal so you don't change your books too much. But if you're looking for kind of a little bit of cushion or headway or, or need some relief, outside of money that might be available to you. It's another way to kind of build a little bit of that cushion in to kind of navigate the next few months. Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head, John. I mean, I, I kind of look at the next, I don't know, through June of 2021, it's going to be some pretty hairy times. We don't know how cases are going to spike. We don't know how quickly the vaccinations will be distributed and take effect. And honestly, if I've learned anything from you know, watching a lot of successful business owners, you know, the people who have cash win. And the people that don't have cash don't win. They don't survive. So here's an opportunity to hoard a little bit of cash. Uh, You will have to pay it back at some point, but you can keep it on hand. And boy, that cash might really be useful if you run into a few rough weeks, you know, making expenses because of COVID. So nice to have it. I hope you never use it. I hope you just stick it away. It never gets used. And then you just you just pay it back. Uh, But it'd be nice to have that cushion. And, you know, a, a random question here. 
you know, if you're in one of the classes that we talked about in our other episode where maybe you're eligible for a grant that has to be used for payroll costs or um, maybe you are a PPP recipient or a second time recipient where you're trying to kind of balance out your ratio, right. would your social security or your FICA tax be considered a payroll cost? So is it something where you could actually maybe borrow or be awarded money to pay that if you were to hold it off now um, to kind of manage where where your liquid assets are? It's a great question. I mean, the FICA taxes that you're paying um, are really not considered to be part of the payroll cost calculation for PPP. So they're really kept separate from all that conversation, which is why the employee retention tax credit and this opportunity to defer those FICA tax for a little bit, that's why those have those problems in place to try to make it a little bit easier for employers. Uh, but it's a great question. So they're, they're two absolutely different things. Got it. Yeah, because I think that's an important distinction, because I think when you're thinking payroll costs, you think sometimes everything that goes along with it. But this one wouldn't be considered one of those. So, you know, to our audience, just know that that that's why some of these programs are in. So we don't um, mix them up. But, you know, on on probably a less, um, you know, severe note, if if you are someone who's been able to kind of stay in business and, you know, you're traveling to the extent that you can or, or entertaining to the extent that you can, um, there's a bigger deduction now for meals, it seems like. Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I don't know. These kinds of things bother me, John. That's just a personal thing. First of all, uh, yes, there's now through the end of 2022, you can now deduct 100% of your business meal. It used to be 50%. So first of all, I don't know what incentive that gives. I mean, I, when people go out to eat lunch, they, they're not they're not thinking of tax strategies when they're eating lunch. You know what I mean? Like, should I, should I order that extra drink because I'll get, you know, a deduction for, I don't know. I just don't think that's a high place of mind. And I don't know what impact that has on the restaurant industry. And between you and I, I mean, I hate these. I, I like driving down overall tax rates. You know, like we just pay tax rates overall instead of muddling up the system with lots of these sort of weird deductions that expire after a period of time. You know what I mean? Like it just... It just, it seems like it just serves special interest. But listen, if it helps the restaurant industry, I'm all for it. So, you know, just bear in mind now that for the next two years, if you go out on a business meal, you can deduct 100% of the expenses. And if that encourages you to go out and spend money at a local small restaurant, by all means, go and do it. Get get the cheesecake, you know. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, for the short term, it, it feels like a I'm not sure how much meaning that's going to have for a lot of folks, but, you know, over the next year or two, you know, a little bit we've seen can add up. So hopefully that does kind of help some of our, our folks who are really impacted from having to shut down for months on end. Right. Um, all right. So anything outside of kind of, you know, the, the grants and loans that we talked about, anything else that you feel like folks need to know kind of coming into the next couple months, any new programs or any other kind yeah. of caveats that they should be aware of? Yeah, I have two comments to make. So number one is um, there's another thing called the employee retention tax credit. And I've talked about this for years because it's like a lot of people don't seem to know about it. It was, it was, it was extended as part of this bill through 2026. If you hire anyone who's been a, a, a veteran um, or has been long-term unemployed, and by the way, that's, that's defined as six months, which in this last, you know, you know, economic downturn, that's like nothing. So you you hire somebody back who's been unemployed for six months, somebody that was on welfare, you can get up to a ninety-six hundred dollar tax credit for doing that. Now the calculation is a little complicated, so you might want to involve some outside, like a you know, an accounting firm to help you with that. 
but it is, um, it's a big credit that you should take advantage of as you're bringing these employees back, particularly if they've been unemployed for a while, um, it's money in your pocket, which, which brings me to my last point, John. I mean, I mentioned about getting an accounting firm involved. You know, listen, we run our businesses and I, you know, we want to just focus on running our businesses and all this stuff, this legislation, this accounting stuff, this tax stuff. It's like, that's not, you know, people say, it's not what I do. You know, I'm, I, I sell this, I perform these services. That's what I enjoy doing. All of this stuff is just, you know, it's, it's confusing and whatever. And I agree with all of that, but it's unprecedented the amount of benefits, tax incentives, you know, and, and, and bonuses, you know, that, that, that the government is offering right now. And putting aside how they're going to pay for all of that, that's a whole other conversation. The bottom line is, is that there's a lot of money out there for you as a small business. And, you know, whether you've been significantly infected by COVID or not. So I really do recommend that you get together with your, you know, with a good CPA or a good attorney or business advisor, really go through all of the things that you and I have talked about, see what it, you know, what you can take advantage of, take advantage of it. And put the money in your bank account because you'll use that money. I know you. You'll use it to to hire more people or to invest in your business or I don't know, put it away for your retirement someday. And there's there's a lot of money that's out there, a lot of benefits out there for you if you just spend the time or in, or, or pay somebody to spend the time to really look deeply at some of these programs and take advantage of them. That's what I recommend. You know, Gene, that's a good point. And I'm going to I'm going to add in one more question, because I feel like this did come up in some of our conversations with, with some owners um, after the first round. So, you know, probably baseline, there's going to be a couple documents that you need to get ready. And, you know, as we're recording this, a lot of this legislation we're anticipating to, to be passed. But by the time you hear it, there will probably be a little bit of a window between when you can actually start securing some of this funding. Are there things that people could maybe start getting ready um, if I should caveat that, if you're listening to it as it's released, you might be listening mm-hmm. to this way in the future in case, um, leave us a comment, let us know if we were right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, in terms of cash flow statements or, or P&Ls or employee kind of payroll statements, like, is there kind of a, a top five list people can start kind of pulling, getting together? So when these programs open, when applications open, when they're kind of reaching out to get counsel from um, their accountants or lawyers, like they are ready to have an informed decision or discussion rather? Yeah, it's, it's, that's actually a great question because really the one commonality about all of these programs, PPP, you know, you know economic injury disaster loans, uh, you, know, you know, shuttered venue grant programs, you know, employer retention tax credits, all of these things, if there's one thing that's in common with them all is that they all do require some documentation and support. And the documentation and support really, you know, fall into uh, just a few very common categories. Payroll documentation. You know, if you have a payroll service, good. And I strongly recommend that you do have a payroll service because they're the ones that have the ultimate documentation, your payroll register. But make sure all of your HR records are in order for everybody. You know, you, you should have a good, clean general ledger and financial statements that support your tax returns because you're going to be asked for, you know, for all of that. And finally, you know, I mean, when you apply for things and you're you're looking for uh, for forgiveness, you you may very well be asked to say, well, show me the invoice for that or show me the contract for that. And I just want to make sure that you've got all of those your invoices and your contracts filed in a way. Whether you're if you're still doing it manually, okay, but hopefully you're you know you're scanning everything in. You've got these things filed electronically, so you're going to want to make sure that you are able to provide them as well. 
So all of those things are really, really important to make sure you've got your ducks in order now because you're going to be asked for them and you're avoiding, you know, you know, like running around with your head cut off um, if you get all that information in good order before you start applying for some of these benefits. Right. And I think, you know, from a lot of these two, like they are looking for year over year change, um, either based on the calendar year before or the quarter that you're you're kind of trying to show impact. So, you know, I would take that advice back to 2019, yeah. pull your statements again, figure out how much you did in sales, figure out, you know, what you paid in payroll, start to get that ready. And I would recommend maybe doing a quarterly view too. So when you're ready to start jumping into these applications, having conversations, kind of showing, you know, like impact, you're you're ready to go. Because I think if anything, we've we've seen even when enormous pools of funding are available, they go really quickly because we've never seen this kind of demand before, right? So you definitely want to be prepared to kind of take advantage early um, because, you know, I, I anticipate a similar experience where as soon as this is available, um, you know, it's going to be gone. So just want to make sure you're as prepared as you can be to take advantage of that quickly. You're right. And by the way, your point is so spot on about the prior years. I mean, if, you know, you're going to be asked to, you know, to provide documentation for 2019 or even 2018, um, you need to be looking back on that and saying, you know, I got to get my act together uh, to take advantage of that. So, yeah, that's something that's important. One final thing that I'll leave you with a little bit of a tax tip for all of you guys that are, are still around. Um, if you lost money, if you lost money in 2020, um, regardless of why, but if you have a loss, File your tax returns fast. And the reason why is because the original CARES Act has a special provision that one time only you can carry back the loss for up to five years. You're only allowed to do that for 2020, which means that if you lost money this year, but you made money in prior years and you paid taxes, you can carry this loss back and get the taxes you paid back to you. But you can only do that when you file your tax returns. So, you know, put a light of fire under your accountant and tell them to get those returns filed fast because the faster you file your returns, the faster you can complain, you can claim that carry back loss and the faster you can get refunded the taxes that you paid from those prior years. Do that as soon as you can. Yeah, that's a great tip because I think you're really talking about three things now, right? So there's there's new funds available to be awarded. Um, there's new policies available that might let you reclaim money you've paid in the past. Yep. And there's a couple measures in place that might prevent some expenses that you'll you'll have to pay eventually. But if you need a little bit of breathing room, you might be able to kind of build that into your, your next couple of weeks or months. So mm-hmm. definitely different ways to think about managing your finances going forward. And you know, if, if you haven't already, um, this is part two of a two-part podcast where you can go back and learn a little bit more about the disaster relief grants, about kind of the new rules and regulations around PPP. You know, Gene and I will keep you guys posted if there's there's more that comes out. We'll look for a potential part three, and in the new year, definitely we'll we'll stay on top of making sure you're aware of other things like grant programs and, and other opportunities we hear about for sure. So, um, you know, wishing all of our listeners the very best, Gene. Thank you as always for your your insight and advice and guidance. Thank you, John. And, um, you know, for more, yeah, thank you. And you know, for more, everyone can go to sba.thehartford.com. Um, a lot of resources posted there, a lot of tools and, and kind of toolkits from Gene in the past. If you're looking for advice on maybe how to calculate some of these pre-work assignments, you know, we're, we're hoping everyone kind of gets through this together. So stay tuned for more and, and enjoy the rest of your day or evening, whatever.
whatever it is when you're listening. <laughs> Take care. Awesome. Thanks very much. Bye, guys. Bye.